What's going on, military cash flow family? Today we got a great guest. But first, what's going on to you today, Mike? What's up, man? I'm doing all right, man. So uh, I got a lot of shit going on, man. So I, you know, I've been acquiring a lot of these doors, um, the 21 unit and all this other stuff, and even this eight unit that's finally on the Airbnb. Everything, all the numbers we ran were all wrong, right? So um, I don't know if I shared this with you yet, but. On our eight unit, we had a renovation budget of roughly about $120,000. It ended up coming out close to like $210,000, which really, really skewed us because when they came back for the appraisal, we underwrote it thinking that the appraiser was going to use the income approach. The problem was because we wanted to turn it all Airbnb properties, they wouldn't even value it that way. They would only use the market uh, comparable sales approach. So now where we thought our appraisal was going to come in at six fifty. dollars that son of a bitch came in at 500,000. Yeah. So we took a big, big punch to the stomach as far as income, go, or as far as a cost out of pocket, but then turned around and the 21 unit, same thing. All the units, uh, the renovation costs basically doubled. We were thinking about $7,000 a unit. They're all around 15,000 because what's happening is as we're pulling the floor up, wood rot galore on all the subfloor. So now we basically have to just demolish unit by unit and we're going through the refinance of that one. So we're hoping when we first got it um, valued, the valuation came in right roughly about a million dollars. And we only paid 430,000. Our renovation budget basically doubled. So now we're all in right at about 650. We're, we're, praying, we're praying that the appraisal at least stays the same. Give us the million, goddamn, so we can yeah. get the money back out, man. It's hurting. But besides that, man, I'm living life. Just I mean, even on, even on the eight day. unit though, even on the eight unit though, it seems like, I mean, if it appraised at 500 and you guys have 280 or something like that into it, I mean, you're still, you can still take out 70%, still get all your money back, right? Well, I mean, no, the, the 280 was just the renovation costs. Oh. Not not even the purchase price. So we're over the appraisal value as far as total project. We're oh. right at about the appraisal. So we've sunk roughly a hundred and, I don't have the number, but roughly $150,000 that are that's stuck in that property, which is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that, that's not a problem if we had projected it. That was a surprise 150 stuck in there. So now it's like, shit, we yeah. have a 21 unit that's coming up due too, so. But if you let it, I, I imagine if you let it perform for a year, right? And then you can Hope, go get it yep. reappraised, right? And, th and then they have actual factual numbers to kind of base it off of, then I'm, I'm assuming that reappraisal will come back a little higher. We're banking on it, but right now, because it's a short-term rental, the whole thing, that one year of history, I still, yeah, it's still got to be a two-year thing as of now. Hopefully in 12 months, it may change, but hell, even in a year, if we could just get our damn money back, like, like you know what I mean? That'd be fine. And then we'll just like, let it roll. Okay. But you know how it is, man. Love, you got to love real estate. Every time you think, think things are going good, something just punches you in the jaw. Hey man. <laughs> what yeah, about you, uh, man? I mean, as you know, man, you're still helping me through this refi so far, you guys, man, I'm pulling out six figures, dude, on a refi. I have this, I had this four units for, uh, for, since the end of 2017 like really 2018 um and i'm taking out like what what do we say 105 so yep. i'm pretty excited about that guys yeah <laughs> uh, we, we gotta close what maybe a couple more weeks and then we'll, we'll yep. sign the dotted line and take that money out and then still be able to cash flow which is absolutely phenomenal so i say that to say if you're looking for a lender i'm gonna keep you know posting my guy mike out here man he's he's, he's out here doing Gosh. it dude so um <laughs> Taking, taking some money out. I'm really, really excited about that. I wasn't expecting to get, uh, I mean, I know your appraisal went bad, but look, I, I had a good, <laughs> I had a good appraisal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, it happens, man. 
Yeah, it's so, the one thing that's out of our control, bro. It's the damn yeah. appraisals. You know, the, the crazy thing is on the front end, that appraisal was trash, bro. Like, right. absolute trash. And I did a video on it. So if you go back and look at, like, uh, one of the older videos, I think it's, like, how I cash flow twelve thousand dollars or something like that uh twelve thousand dollars a year or some crap like that go back and go back and look at that video and you'll see this property that i'm talking about and i go over the numbers and everything but um yeah man taking out six figures it, it's pretty nice so um I'm, I'm excited about that and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do uh for our next move um basic yeah we're, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next move as far as uh investing again because obviously we want to we want to buy something else so that's uh pretty much what's up with us. Um, today's guest, right? She's talking about refinancing and talking about selling yep. and, and getting some uh, a lot of equity out of your unit, right? Uh, Ali Gar said, um, absolute great. I, I love this episode. It was, it was awesome. We touched on a lot of a lot of things. We touched on the TSP. We touched on yes. the ten year transition. We touched on um, some of the mistakes she made while uh, buying her first uh, her first single family home condo and things like that. So we touched on just a lot of things. And I think this is an awesome, like complete package video um, for any service member that's just starting off and trying to figure out what the blueprint, what the blueprint is or a solid blueprint. Right. Um, I just think it's a, it's a it's a great episode, Mike. Yeah. And one of the you know, one of my favorite parts is how she talks about how her parents influenced her. Now, again, you know, for those who follow us, Dan has has kids. I don't have any kids yet, but it's always in my mind thinking, how can I impact my kids or what did my parents do to impact me? And she just talks about how the conversations that she had with her with her mom and her dad or the little things that they did as a child greatly influenced her. And I just think that part is so impactful, um, not to mention everything else that Dan said. So, and, and obviously you guys are going to love her energy and we're probably going to have her back on to talk specifically about the TSP because it is so powerful how she's used it as well. But without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Today, we got Ali Garcet. Welcome to the show, Ali. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate that. Uh, please let us know a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what you're doing in the real estate space. Yeah, thank you both for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, so Ali said, I'm in the Air Force, still active duty, been active duty for the last nine years, will be separating next year at the 10-year mark, currently stationed at Davis-Monthan in Tucson, Arizona, started investing in 2016, and I currently have four properties, five doors, a whopping five. Hey man, hey, that's, nothing to, that's nothing to like, yeah. you know, scoff at. I mean, you know, just having the opportunity to have more than one or even sometimes like just one in general, that's, that's a huge thing, man. I, I, I wouldn't uh, scoff at that at all. That's awesome. Especially while you're yeah. doing an active duty as well. So that's, that was going to be my point there. Yeah. Five doors and essentially five years, right? Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I purposely didn't go all in. Um, I do have my, you know, I don't have all my eggs in one basket. I fear that. Um, so I, I started out investing actually in the TSP 
Um, and then stocks. And then that led to, you know, me being able to pull for my stocks to go into real estate. That's excellent, man. I got a bunch of questions when it comes to that. So do I, yeah. Type them up. But let's first start off at the beginning. Little Alley, right? <laughs> where, Little Alley. Where did you, no, where did you, um, where did your kind of like, I guess, journey with money, real estate, like all the, the financial awareness begin at? Yeah. So that would start at little, little alley. Uh, I was probably like seven. Um, my dad, my parents both are very financially savvy. So I've been very, very fortunate to have them as parents grew up playing cash flow for kids. You know, they got us like Robert Kiyosaki's uh, rich kid, poor kid, which is a book. So like got us started early. And so I always had in the back of my mind, then fast forward to 20, well, let's say 2008, I'm in college and obviously 2008 with the real estate market, both of my parents being in real estate and they struggled to pay for college. Cause that was their thing. Like immigrant parents, they're like, I, we are paying for your college. We only want you to succeed in school. That was it. So huge blessing. Um, I joined the air force because they were struggling. And so when I joined the air force, I met, um, my friend, Matt Gerald and, he helped me out with stocks because I grew up with real estate investment side, you know, heavy <clears throat> for my parents. And I joined, you know, I joined the air force. I'm in Enid, Oklahoma in pilot training, I'm not a pilot. Now I washed out, <laughs> but, uh, he was like, Hey, like, have you started your TSP? And I was like, what the hell is a TSP? And he told me all about it. Um, so I started with the TSP and I started also like a Roth IRA and just a general brokerage account. So glad that I did uh, because I hadn't had that exposure. I've only had exposure to real estate growing up. So he helped me out with that. And eventually, you know, that ended up funding um, real estate stuff. I didn't purchase my first property until 2016 VA loan. So let, let's talk about your parents a little bit, because I think this is pretty interesting. You said that they're immigrant parents. So tell me a little bit about where, where they came from. What's their background? And you mentioned that real, they were in real estate. Was that their side hustle or was that their everyday job? What, what, what did that look like? Yeah. So my mom is from Peru. She came to the States when she was in her 20s. And um, <clears throat> then she married my dad. I'm from White Plains, New York. My dad uh, had, you know, different jobs all around, but ever since I had, ever since my memory formed, he's been in real estate full-time. So he's been, uh, you know, he mainly focuses on commercial and he, uh, so he works full-time as a real estate agent. He's from Puerto Rico, uh, you know, born in, born in Puerto Rico, came, you know, at a young age, um, and so my dad would work for essentially the cash flow, and my mom would work for the benefits. So like health health benefits for the family. So in New York, um, being a little bit of a more dangerous state, she's a crossing guard, or she was a crossing guard. She recently retired. Um, I know that in other states it's volunteer based, but in New York they they'll pay you for that. <laughs> so <laughs> she worked for the benefits for the family. My dad worked for the cash flow, and together it was a pretty good mix. Yo, I love that like mix there, man. I, I like that. Was that deliberate or did they like deliberately do that? That's awesome. It was man. deliberate. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, working as a, as a crossing guard in New York, you don't make a lot. So then she would additionally on the side, she would clean houses. 
Yeah. I see that often yeah. with people like having a full-time job and then joining the reserves, right? Just for the reserves, for the benefits. And then also, yeah. you know, keeping their, their full-time job, it, it could be, um, it might may or may not be volatile, but at the end of the day, you know, they have, uh, they have the benefits that they need to take care of themselves and, fam- and their families. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love the fact that your parents were, were being, were savvy enough to not only, you know, do their own hustle and communicate with each other to, figure out what's best for them, but also introduce you to cash flow game for kids and rich, rich dad, poor kids. Where in the hell did they come across that? Did they ever tell you the background between that when they introduced you to it? Or was it just like, Hey, this is what the family's doing. So I don't remember a specific conversation, but it was, it was growing up, you know, little pieces at a time that put the whole piece, that put the whole puzzle together. Right. So like growing up, seeing my dad, um, you know, on the kitchen table, chilling, reading the newspaper as like all of us are stressing to go to work. And I would come back, my dad would still be at the kitchen table, chilling, you know, I'm like, man, I, looking back, you know, now I'm like, my dad was financially independent. You know, he was, we were fine. Um, but growing up, I was like, dang dad, go to work with us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's a different mentality. So that's what I was exposed to that. So, so him giving us the books, I have a younger sister, him giving us the books, like early on, it was it was all just little pieces to this bigger puzzle. I love that, man. Is there any one single thing that resonated? Like the reason why I asked that is because we have listeners and they have kids, right? And everybody wants their kids to be financially independent. We, we want to introduce our kids to, you know, some type of, some type of uh, understanding of how money works and how to build wealth, right? So obviously it's worked for you. You're already on your real estate journey, right? So was there anything specific or any, any like one key thing that or consistent thing that your parents did that was like, all right, that kind of helped me understand or helped me, you know, uh, build wealth? Because it seems like your parents had a massive influence on your understanding of how to build wealth, right? So talk, talk to us, being, being the kid, right? Because I, I talked to my kid about money and, and my kid's only seven years old, right? But, uh, you know, well, oddly enough, my, my eldest actually enjoys um, uh, how, how to make money, but my youngest, no, he's not about it at all, but he's only five. So it's like, what, you know, exactly. He literally goes to sleep. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so talk to us about, you know, I, I'm, I'm selfishly asking me as a parent, right? Yeah. Um, at those younger ages, uh, what are some of the things that maybe resonated with you or, or key consistent things that kind of helped you um, understand that? Yeah. So I would say giving them a little bit of ownership uh, over their own bank account, right? So growing up, I was paid to read books, which is probably why I love reading so much. So at the time I was paid, I don't know, growing up like 10 cents. Then I graduated to 25 cents a book. Then as I'm getting older, the bigs, the books are getting bigger. So I negotiated because my dad's thing is everything in life is negotiable. Everything in life is negotiable. So um, then I started getting paid a dollar per book and, um, and he, he caught on, he realized I was just speed reading, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'm done with this book next. Um, he was like, no, now you need to like, tell me what you learned. So it wasn't just, um, just integrity based. Like, oh yeah, I read this book and this book. Um, but regurgitate, regurgitating it back to him. And this is books, not financial. Like this was all fiction. It was just getting me to like, to enjoy reading. Now, all I read is personal finance and real estate. Like, but back then only, it was only fiction. So just, um, I would say that, so I would say, start with that along with, um, so I would get, you know, a dollar 25 cents for every book. And I would have like little, a literal envelope of 
um, whatever I wanted to save it for. <coughs> Excuse me. So when it, when it came time, like I saved up enough for, what was I saving for back in the day? I was saving for college. Um, I literally at the age, maybe I'm just a freaking nerd. I was like 10. Um, but I also saved up for like the first iPhone. I was 16 at that time. Um, but honestly, let it like, even if it's a BS thing, like they want to save up for Pokemon cards, you know, like I'm trying to think of like back in the day, even, even if they save for something that, that you know, is a waste, <laughs> let them do it. Let them like, like lose their money on Pokemon cards. Cause they'll realize the value of that. And like, that is their bank account. So give them like, um, I don't know. Like I, I realized like saving was not going to be enough at a very early age. Cause I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to read a lot of books to make a dent in anything, you know? Um, <laughs> so I, I would say, and then that coupled with conversations as far as which, which I'm sure you're already doing, um, you know, ownership. Hey, what, what are the consequences if you were to purchase this as opposed to saving a little bit more and purchasing that? I love that. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's literally exactly where I am right now with, with, with what you just talked about, letting them own their own money and then having the envelope saving all that, those little small deliberate actions that I know they don't pick up on right now, but I'm hoping, you know, in, in like 15 years or something like that, I'm going to have me a nice, uh, an alley on my hand with five units. You know what I mean? So that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that's so awesome. funny because, because I, I don't have any kids. And, uh, you know, one of my biggest fears about having kids is being able to impact them in that way, right? That both of you guys are talking about. And another guy that I spoke to, because he has financially savvy kids that are in their 20s. And he said he would do something very similar. He would give them money, but then he would say, hey, look, if I gave you a dollar, 10 cents has to go to savings. 10 cents has to be given away, right? And then he would break it down a little bit further. But I thought that that was pretty interesting. But I just, I love hearing that because it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure when they were in the moment, they were just trying to teach you lessons. And I, I don't even know if they understood the impact that it would have on you, you know, this far into the future. But I just love hearing stories about that. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yeah. Another thing, actually, I would, I remember like vividly my dad sitting at the kitchen table, um, calling internet companies or phone companies, uh, like service providers and 
negotiating the bill. Granted, I, I'm, I'm at least from what I would hear on my like 10 year old brain, um, it seemed like something would be wrong with the bill. So him keeping track of like, Hey, what am I being charged? Is this actually accurate? Um, you know, a lot of the, the fine print not being released until you get the bill. But I remember just like hearing the other side of it, like not just seeing a bill and automatically paying for it, like arguing it. Not, and not, I don't want to say arguing it like, ah, I want my bill to be 50% less, but like right. good reason, like keeping track of keeping track of everything, like knowing what's coming in, knowing what's going out and um, hearing my dad, you know, always be on the phone uh, like, and then therefore getting bills reduced. I mean, it, it works. Everything in life is negotiable. <laughs> That's, you know, that's something that I think is a lost art form with our generation to include myself, like keeping track of all of those details like they did in the day, like we saw our parents, our parents and and whoever else do. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that that's helped you in your real estate career. But before we go, let's back it up a little bit. How did that? I'm sure it played another big part. Help you in your military career. So when you joined the military, you only did it to to pay for college. You never had really in, intentions of doing 20 years. Right. Correct. Okay, so what talk talk us through that? Your thought process was boom, get into the military, pay for college, make my parents happy there, and then what? What was your what was your thoughts at that time? Uh yeah. So when I was in college, again, saw my parents struggle a little bit. It was 2008. Uh, I'm the first of two to go to college. So my sister didn't really have a choice as far as where she went to college. She just luckily she's smarter, she got full rides, but um <laughs> So here I am making the decision to join the military. I know nothing about the military. I don't have family in the military. I've never seen anybody in uniform. Like I'm from Westchester County, White Plains, New York, downstate. No one joins the, no one joins the military. So if you join the military, you're going to go die in Afghanistan. That's just like what the mentality was. And so here I am like, okay, you know what? I'm going to join the military because I want to help my parents pay for, pay for college. I'll do my four years. My dream job growing up was to work for the FBI. I was like, I'll do my four years, um, which then turned to 10 years because I originally had a pilot slot and that's a 10 to 12 year commitment. I'll do, I'll do that and then I'll get out and then I'll join the FBI. Um, fast forward, pilot training didn't work. I ended up joining the Office of Special Investigations, OSI, like and the Air Force's version of NCIS. And I was like, well, even better, even better of a segue to go into the FBI later. Uh, but things change, goals change, dreams change. So um, I, I got the ROTC scholarship when I was in school that didn't pay for all of it, but it paid for majority. And on top of that, I was an RA. So I had room and board provided. And, and on top of that, I had a job. So it was like, I just did as much as I could while also getting A's <laughs> in college, um, knowing that I wouldn't do the full 20. I didn't tell people, you know, in the military that outwardly <laughs> until now that I've made the decision to leave. Um, and yeah, knowing like doing as much as I could to, to plan for my future self. That's excellent, man. Like, so um, talk, can you talk to the people that are transitioning, right? So it seems like you, you had a very deliberate plan as far as um, as far as staying in with a pilot commission, things change a little bit, but still your goals, your, your core goals, it seems like kind of stay the same because even though you didn't become a pilot, you kind of segued right into what you want to do on the outside as far as, um, as or maybe I'm not sure if that changed either, but um, the, the NCIS stuff, right? So um, talk to us because 10 years is a long time. 10 years is like that halfway point. This is like where you need to make the decision like, hey, am I going to stay in? Or am I going to get out? So what did that look like for you? 
Yeah. What was your so mind the, at? Okay. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> it, it kind of was, I was thinking about this the other day, like whether there was one specific moment where I was like, you know what, I'm getting out, but I really can't think of one specific moment. It was just a plethora, you know, just everything combined. Um, just little tiny moments after tiny moments that just added up to the point where, you know, when you want to leave mentally, you, you know, um, whether it was one specific moment or not, but, uh, so luckily I had started investing and the TSP and, you know, um, Vanguard and other, uh, brokerage accounts early on to started at like one year after I joined the military. So I joined 20, 2012, I started in 2013. Um, and just having, and I really thank my friend, Matt so much for being able to like lead me, literally grab my computer for me and say, do you trust me? Okay, let's do this. This is what you're going to be investing in done. And I just dumped everything in there. Not, not at that point, there wasn't really a focus that money didn't have an end goal. Um, so, but luckily looking back now with, again, my, my dreams have changed. I don't want to work for the FBI. Uh, I don't want to continue with federal service period. So I'm going to be doing, you know, full-time real estate agent and full-time real estate investor when I get out in a year. Uh, so yeah, th things change. And luckily I was able to prepare myself beforehand for the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so, so it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a specific moment. It was just, you, you know, when you're done and yes, 10 years is a long time. Everyone says, oh, you're halfway through. Half, half, that's halfway. That's still another <laughs> 10 years. And not only that, that's, so I was talking to my dad about this, right? My dad originally were not, they, they were like, why did you join the military? We don't get it. Like we, we get that you wanted to pay, like help us pay for your college. Thank you. They thanked me, you know, a lot, but at the beginning they weren't really okay with it. Cause again, we're from New York. Um, but now they see the security that it comes with, you know, the possible, uh, pension and all the health benefits. And they're like, why are you leaving? Are you cool? yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, so my dad was like, I told my dad that I want to become a full-time real estate agent. And he was like, you're going to be gone every weekend. Like if you have kids, that's every weekend, you're going to be showing houses instead. And I was like, well, otherwise, if I stayed with the military 10 more years, that's three years deployed. Like that's three years, not even in the same hemisphere. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of, and that's, that's a no brainer for me. So um, he was like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you, you just, you just know. So as far as transitioning, like I'll, I'll be doing the skill bridge program, which I know that you guys have spoken about in the past, um, on this podcast, super helpful. It's been verbally approved so far, so far, so good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. I'm yeah, super happy I, for you. Absolutely. And I think it's extremely important that everybody understands that, you know, a decision that you made early in your career sets you up for success during the transition. A lot of veterans or a lot of service members will say, hey, I'm going to transition next year. What do I do? And they've waited now 10 years, 15 years. And it's like, shit, we don't even have a foundation. We don't even have a platform now for you to take that next step. So I have to commend you on that. And I really want to start to dive in on the TSP because we don't talk about it enough, or at least to the depth that we would like to here. So uh, service announcement. Right, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the thrift savings plan. Can you please give us a little bit of understanding about just what it is um, and, and how you've used it uh, over the years? And I know Dan has a ton of questions that we're about to dig into as well. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So TSP, 
I, it's a retirement account. You can either do where the money is taxed up front um, and then never taxed again, or you can put the money in now untaxed and then get it taxed when you pull it out. Um, I chose the first one, which is a Roth. So the money is taxed now, but it will never be taxed again. When I pull it out, it's able to grow compound and I don't have to, um, you know, I have that full amount when I pull it out. So Roth TSP, I, this is just what's been working for me. I don't advise this to anybody else, but I have a mixture of the CS and I fund. Um, so I think I have, I should have pulled this up. I should, I think I have, uh, 40, 40, 20, 40% C fund, 40% S fund, 20% I fund. And the return over the last year has been 44%. Like I'm not getting that with real estate. So <laughs> with people saying, you know, I'm going to take money out of the, out of my TSP to, to invest in real estate. I'm like, man, that better be a return of over 45%, you know, cause oof, that's, so that's why I love just not putting all my eggs in one basket. Um, yeah. So a, a lot of people get stuck at the TSP portion where they go into, at least in the air force, like my pay.us, I don't know, dot af.mil. Um, and then they put money in there, but they don't do the second part, which is going on tsp.gov. There is a part two, and that is the most important part. tsp.gov, make an account, and that's where you switch the allocations. Otherwise, it's it'll either be sitting in the G fund if you're a little bit older, or if you're newer in the service, it'll go into the life cycle fund, which is better. It's a lot better, but um, you can get better returns. And that was going to be my question. Uh, so it seems like you're diversified within the TSP itself, right? Uh, the CSNI. I was going to ask, why not just, why didn't you just do the life cycle fund? When I joined, there was no, I don't think that there was a life cycle fund available. Okay. Uh, I joined in 2012. So, um, but again, so I will say my buddy, Matt, I took my computer. He was like, Hey, there is a second step. You have to do this one on your own. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never did it up until like, four years ago, three years ago. So it was sitting in the G fund, not making anything that's bonds, not making anything. Oh my gosh. I hit myself about it every day. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. A lot of people, they come Everybody. near retirement, 18, 19 years. And they're like, oh my gosh, I've only made 2% or 3% this entire time. Cause it's been in bonds for the last 18 wow. years, you know? So that, that's a very key point to highlight. Like, Hey, make sure you're looking at your, looking at what, uh, how your funds are dis uh, distributed. And now if you're in the army, at least I know you can go on your, uh, my pay and make those, those, um, allocation. fund changes. Yeah. Those allocation changes as well. So it might be a little easier than to, uh, create an account and everything like that on tsp.gov. So just, just a quick tidbit, but yeah, that's awesome. I, I did have a question for you, right? So did you actually take out any money from your TSP to get started into your, into your first home? No. Okay. All right. No. I, got it. I use my TSP as, I mean, a retirement account, like yeah. that's money me mentally where I'm not going to touch on until I'm 59 and a half. Um, only if I had a very rainy day, would I take the TSP loan out, but okay. no, I'm making 44%. I'm not going to, that's, that's my baby. That's that beats real estate for me. And I love real estate. Um, ah, so no, <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. I've heard, I've heard that 44%. Yeah. That's I've heard those astronomical percentages over the last, like, I guess like three or about two, three years, like people were saying, oh yeah, 35%, 36%, 40%. I mean, that's, that's wild to me. <laughs> that is yeah. crazy. So, well, yeah. but so, uh, you asked about the life cycle fund had, um, 
had I joined later where the Lifecycle Fund was available, Lifecycle Fund is good. I think it it automatically puts you into one uh, fund, right? I think it's in segments of five years. Uh, I think it incorporates bonds too quick. So if you're going to stick with the Lifecycle Fund and want to be one and done, I would do a Lifecycle Fund that's like 10, 15 years out. Um, that's just my personal opinion. No, I hear that yeah, too. Yeah, this is this a you know for anybody who's who's not tracking this conversation, maybe be just because bonds, stocks, uh, mutual fund concepts are just kind of outside your realm. I highly encourage all of you to go to tsp.gov and do the research there because the things that Ali is talking about, the C fund, the S fund, there is a there's a rhyme and a reason behind it. They're tracking certain index funds that you can then go out and see how they're performing in the real world. The beautiful thing about the TSP guys is that the uh, management fee is astronomically low. It is one of the lowest fees out there. And again, if you guys don't understand that concept, please do your research because this is something that can be just instrumental in, in your success down the road as far as financial security and your retirement age. And, and I just wanted to kind of back up a little bit to talk about how you explain the difference between traditional and Roth. That was beautifully stated. I, I don't even think I could have explained it that well. So if, uh, again, all of this stuff has a lot of implications. Now, this is going to be a question kind of for the both of you here. Why? Because Dan's a finance officer and Allie has this experience. I don't mean to put y'all on the spot, but Allie, you went to your buddy, Matt, all right? And he was able to explain this to you. Have you had any success going to a finance department in the military and having them explain it to you? And then flip coin after that, Dan, do you guys get any training on how to explain this in the finance field uh, to, to soldiers? So I'll let Allie take it first. If there is uh, that opportunity available, I don't know about it. For finance officers to teach about investing, ooh, that's, um, I think that'd be a lot of liability potentially. Um, but I, if there is, that's great. I would say go. Um, but honestly, like you mentioned earlier, tsp.gov has videos and it's like, simple videos it is not hard um so i don't know of any of anything related to that i've never no. been to finance. yeah ali's 100 right so we, we do not uh, even as a finance officer we don't do anything with uh personal finance right there there's no classes that we get taught to teach other soldiers that's a i mean i i've, I've done that several times just taught um some real estate related classes to my soldiers just for better understanding we've had several soldiers on the podcast that you know that um that bought their first you know multi-family homes because of some of the classes that, that i've given but I, i'm not um we do not have any kind of training with personal finance not just as a finance officer but really just in the army and, and you guys know this right. like just in general right so um we did get to i guess teach a class on the benefits of uh tsp uh, when the blended retirement system came out, right. that was the only opportunity. And even that was like, you know, we just got handed a packet and we had the choice as a leader. Uh, at the time I was in command, so I could have either given the packet to soldiers or we could have kind of broke it down. Like, hey, so these are some of the implications behind, you know, doing doing one versus the other. We had all these types of graphs and a bunch of other YouTube videos. We, we kind of like <laughs> kind of show the soldiers so they can have a have a better understanding outside of just, you know, the packet because you know, they hand you the packet and sometimes that just doesn't really do it justice. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's, yeah, that, that's pretty much where, where I'm at, even as a finance officer, when it comes to personal finance. Okay. I thought that was very, I mean, I, I always think it's interesting. Obviously we're all on here for the same purposes to try to educate uh, military members on what's available out there. 
And it's just, it hurts my, it hurts my soul to know that it's not existing, you know, provided by the military. But all right, enough of that, enough of that. All right, so you have this TSP and it's built up to this beautiful thing. You got 44% returns, you're saving it for a rainy day. Well, then now tell us about your real estate journey. How the hell did you actually get into it then? And how did you start funding those, those next deals? Yeah, so my first two were VA loans. So easy, 0% down. Um, you have to take advantage of the VA loan if you're military, like period not. Um, so I, my first purchase was 2016. So that was four years after I joined. Um, I was in Colorado Springs. I was at Peterson Air Force Base at the time. And my parents, my dad, especially was just after me. He was like, Hey, have you bought property yet? Have you got a property yet? Property, property, property. I was like, no, dad, I'm fine renting. <laughs> and he was like, no, you are not. <laughs> um, so I looked into the VA loan and I got a condo, two bed, two bath condo in Colorado Springs, um, purchased it, closed on it. And the next month or a couple of weeks after I get short notice deployment orders, so I never even moved in. I went to Afghanistan and I immediately got a renter, property manager and a rental and a renter. And it's been rented out ever since. Um, everything's totally legal. I had intent to move in. So that was the first one. And that, again, 2016, it's doubled in value since then. I have a lot of equity uh, that I do plan on selling it and then um, get it going into an apartment building. Um, the second one was 2018. Uh, VA loan again, second time using it here in Tucson, Davis Monthan Air Force Base. And I purchased a single family, um, which is also appreciated very, very nicely. Um, so that the first two were easy, right? Like 0% down, all I had to pay for was just the closing cost. So the first one was like three grand, maybe four. The second one was almost six. That's if you're, if you're budgeting and if you're living beneath your means, that's nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm captain, like living nicely. Um, the, so the other two were conventional loans. So I paid 20% down payment on a, on a single family, um, sight unseen during the beginning of the pandemic. So I couldn't even see it. Even if I wanted to, I was military and restricted to Tucson. Uh, and the second one was a duplex here in Tucson and 25% down payment. But that was again, like I pulled a little bit from my stocks, but it was just saving just saving, 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 living way beneath my means. Excellent. And so I got a question on the first one, right? You said uh, intend to move. You never actually lived in it, right? So there's a lot of our listeners that are like, man, I think I'm going to go on a deployment next year. So maybe it's not a good time to buy a house, or I think I'm going to go on a deployment at this time, or maybe I might PC. I don't know what's going to happen with me moving. Um, what do you say to those soldiers? Because I love that clause, intend to move in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you are clarifying on this. Cause I do, I do want to like make it clear mortgage fraud is a thing. <laughs> so is jail. <laughs> so <laughs> I would never suggest playing with that, playing in that gray area. That shit is black and white. Don't cross the line. Um, I, so if, if you think that you will move in then yeah, absolutely. You know, purchase a property. And if you get short notice deployment orders, I mean, that's literally what the loan is for. Um, so that's what that clause is for. They can't make you, you know, move in there while you're in Afghanistan and, you know, um, so don't, don't cross that line. Like it, it just mortgage fraud. No. And there, there are actually some like gurus out there. I won't name any names, but like have written books about like, Hey, get in and, you know, just, yeah. just, get in and say it's an owner-occupied loan. No one's going to check. 
what like oh wow like, somebody on camera <laughs> like somebody yeah. on camera said that no no no, no. <laughs> dude it's big time people like read their yep. books like, i can't page three you're gonna advise newbies to do this no um lost my respect but yeah. That, yeah, that's a really that's good point yeah just that the, there's a lot of there's a lot of gurus out there guys and I, i'm really glad that ali brought this up that are they're popular on i don't care what platform what platform they're on and they're preaching mortgage fraud or being unethical during a wholesale transaction or lying to the seller or a blah, 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 blah. Guys, you need to learn how to filter through the shit, right? Understand what is legal and what is not. And then find people who understand how to just be good at their job, how to sell, right? And how, how to make you understand how to do it. Then it's up to you to use the creative application. Don't listen to these guys out here and get your ass in trouble and start paying $10,000 fines and be up there playing a uh, racquetball in jail because you go to federal jail, won't be state. So it's good. It's a little higher class, but, <laughs> but so what, what you guys, are, they're getting the, uh, the, uh, the, not the sunny D orange juice, but the, like the minute made orange juice or something. Different yeah. They're getting the good state, stuff, you know? So, yeah. if, but really quick, I want to touch on that. <laughs> I want to touch on the, uh, the intent to move in or intent to occupy. Right. Because um, like, like I've, I've, I've had several soldiers say, Hey, and I'm going to, I might, I might deploy in a couple of years or I might, you know, um, PCS in a couple of years, or I don't know when, what's going to happen, you know, next. And that literally has stopped them from buying that first, that first home, right. Because they're not sure. I, I'm, they think that um, I need to buy, if I'm going to buy, it needs to be as soon as I get to a new duty station so that I can then occupy for that full time and, and, um, live in it for two years. So as, so as to, um, not have to pay capital gains. Right. So that's sometimes that's literally the mentality. I've had several, uh, soldiers literally tell me that. So, um, I just wanted to touch on that, the intent to occupy, because you don't know if your orders are going to get cut. Just, just like you're saying right now, you have no idea. You don't know when your orders are going to get cut. You don't know if your orders are going to get canceled. You don't know. Now, if you got orders, that's different right? That, that's completely different. You can't intend to occupy in something if you literally have orders going somewhere somewhere else. That doesn't make any sense. But if you don't have any orders, you don't know where you're going. You don't even know if, you know, the, the army and the military moves in in mysterious ways, right? Like you don't, you, you don't know, right? So don't, I, I, all I want to say is just don't let that stop you uh, from, from getting into your first home uh, just because you don't know what's going to happen in the next year right no one knows what's going to happen in the next year so you know, don't 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 let the uh, fear of i might move or i might deploy or i might something else the army might do something to me um stop you from getting into that first home 100 agree yeah so um so you went in you use your you use the va loan the first one the first couple and then you you said you withdrew a little bit of stocks to get into i think your fourth or maybe your third and you put a, a large down payment right and those were that's four properties I, I got right right now are you saying um well it's three properties in one duplex so that's that makes up the five units correct and that's been over a span of how long 2016 to 2021 so six years yeah six years oh, that's nice man that, that's that's great Okay, so what's the next move or what's your, what's yeah, your plan for the so next move? Next move. I have a partner that I'm going 50, 50 on an apartment, apartment complex with. He just moved out to, um, Scott air force base. So like Belleville, Illinois, St. Louis, Missouri area. And so we'll be purchasing in that area since he's more boots on ground and, 
we're each going to bring in, you know, the same amount of down payment, like $200,000 each and get literally as much as we can. Um, so I will sell one, if not two of my properties, uh, probably the VA loans. Cause I looked into refinancing. I looked into like, you know, rental line of credit. It's the numbers just don't work out. So I'm, I'm going to sell it and, um, use that to fund the apartment building. Excellent. Excellent. So we've talked like, you know, six years, right? How, how much wealth that's been able to create for you over the span of six years, just by making a couple of smart decisions, right? Um, one, using your VA loan and one, just really using your VA loan. You're saying it's a doubled in value. One is doubled in value. One is, you know, um, appreciated significantly, right? So there's those little small steps. I, I just want to emphasize that point, right? So um, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I don't know what I want, what I should do. I don't know, um, you know, what the next move for me should be. Use LA as an example. I mean, you can use that as an example. I think that's this, this is a, a great way to grow wealth over a, a somewhat short period of time. We're talking about six Very years short. here, right? And now you're already investing into the apartment complex. Where am I going to get my money to fund this apartment complex? Well, six years ago, luckily I made this great decision, you know, to, to buy my first, buy my first home. Well, that's appreciated in value enough to give me the capital that I need to then make the moves that I want to, you know, uh, later in life, which I, I don't know. I just think that's a phenomenal move. Yeah. And, and I would like to say my first purchase in 2016, that one, the condo I purchased for 150, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado Springs has been amazing. So now it's worth 300. And I will say that that one was not cash flowing. I mean, it was barely. Was yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't run the numbers at the time. I just purchased a property, honestly, to get my parents off my back. So I purchased a condo and it would even out, like I would get a little bit of cash flow here and there. And then every two years there's a snowstorm and I have to pay for it. And it just washes, it's a wash. Um, so even if you get a property and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm not saying bank on appreciation, but real estate is very forgiving to where if you hold it long enough, you will win period. Right. Dot. Like it's just a matter of how long to hold on to it for. Um, I've held on to it, you know, so I have 150 there in appreciation. I have a hundred in the second VA loan, which is the house here. So that's $250,000. And all I did was purchase it. You know, like all I did was like, sign my name on a couple of lines. That's, that's it. It's so easy. And you said that, uh, you, you brought, you brought a little money to closing on those, not much, but you would say total of maybe $10,000 between the two. Yeah. Give or take. Closer to nine, eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's just say 10,000 to round it up guys, $10,000 investment yields $250,000 on the sale. Now that's, that's a very general, obviously we're not talking about cost of sale, holding costs, so forth and so on. But damn, come on, guys. We're talking about 44% return on a TSP, which y'all all need to do, every single one of y'all. And then we got a, a $10,000 investment that yields whatever that is, $2,500. I can't do the math that fast. I have my calculator, but I decided to put it up. But you guys get my point. And this is the power of just being able um, to be aware, to just be aware where your money's going and to have a purpose and intent with your money because nothing you've, nothing you've done is so you know, outside of the norm, like, Hey, I had to rob, I had to rob a country. No, it's just sign your name on a piece of paper, put a little bit of money here, be savvy with where I put my money and bam, quarter million dollars later, just one, five years. And then one thing I just want to touch on really quick, because, you know, Ali is a great saver and Ali is uh, making a, a good living. Right. So 
if you are a young soldier and you're like, hey, I'm going to get into this first this first home um, and I might not be just run the numbers. Right. Because I want to yeah. make sure like a younger soldier, if you don't have the reserve sitting on the side to handle that, just like Ali said. Right. You know, I had to hit a snowstorm and then that's like, I, I don't know how much it is. Let's say it's two thousand yeah. dollars. If you're if you don't have the reserves to cover that and then you're not cash flowing as, as well, that could be that could hurt your financial position. So just understand like how you're doing this, understand your financial position as you, you know, go and buy these properties. So just make sure, you know, if you, if you want to have it as an appreciation play and you want to use time to be your friend, make sure you have the reserves to, to make it through that full time, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. I got a question for you, Ali. So when that happened, so this was your first house, you did it to please your parents. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not making any money. Boom. Snowstorm, $5,000. Right. How did, <laughs> What went through your mind at that time? Because this happens like throughout the entire investing career, but that was your first time that you, you would have experienced. And what were you thinking? Yeah, I was frustrated. Okay, so well, first it wasn't $5,000. I forget how much. It was like a grand, right? Yeah. So because I had to pay, because I had the high deductible uh, insurance and I had to, yep. you know, call my insurance. Insurance had to get involved. Um, it was frustrating because of course it's winter. I already hate being cold. <laughs> I'm already like in the cold there too. And uh, I'm like, dad, I call my dad. I'm like, I don't know if I like real estate with my stocks. I don't have to think about it. You know, you set it and forget it with real estate. It's my property manager being like, Hey, another broken window. Cause another, another hailstorm came around. You got to like call the vendors and get quotes and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. And again, I'm a step removed because I'm not the manager. I just have a manager telling me what's going on. Um, but I was like, this wipes out the last year or like 14 months of profits. And he, my dad was just like, like real estate is the long game. Why, like, don't rush things. You, you're not in here for cash flow every single month. Are you depending on that property for money? And I was like, no. Um, he's like, so hold it. Like, just hold it, hold it, hold it. And I was like, I don't know, but I held it. Luckily I listened to, you know, both of their advice, my mom and my dad and, and it's, it's worked out. So again, like, like you have to know where you're at in life, right? Like if you're struggling to pay, if you have a credit card debt, then shit, you need to get rid of that before you even start anything. Um, but if you are in a good position and you have a good amount of reserves, because I had reserves, right. But it still hurts taking out a thousand dollars for a hailstorm that's going to come back next year, you know? And so it was frustrating, but, but at the end of the day, like, I know that I don't, I don't need that cash flow to survive. So it's okay. That one happened to be an appreciation play as well as the one here in Tucson. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think uh, one of the things I like that you said the most is if you're in credit card debt or drowning in debt, handle that first. And people ask me this all the time and say, Hey, Mike, I got $10,000. Should I, you know, whatever, put it into stocks or put it into whatever, or should I pay off the debt? And the way that it was explained to me that has stuck out in my mind is when we think about triaging a patient, we're talking all my military folks here, right? Somebody's bleeding and they're hemorrhaging, but they got something else going on. What do you do first? Do you stop the bleeding or do you give them an IV? You stop the bleeding, right? That's, that's the debt. That's the money that continues to go out. You have to stop the debt first before you can put in the IV, which is then the cash flow, the, the, the investment. Um, so I love that you said that. And that's just what resonates with me. Hey, I'm not a financial advisor. Y'all do whatever the hell you want. But it, it makes a lot of sense when you only have limited resources to get with, rid of what's hurting you the most. I love it. 
I like that yeah. understanding. You already knew what your strategy was. You knew like, all right, this is, or at least you had your dad to tell you what, <laughs> what your strategy should be, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I love that. Like, as you go into these investments, understand your strategy, understand why you're buying it and what it's going to do for your future self, right? So Ali knows that, hey, I, I'm making a decent income. I'm putting I'm putting money into stocks. This, this bad boy is giving me 40%, so I'm okay there. I don't have to cash flow on this. This can be an appreciation play. And with time, just like you said, time heals all, right? So if I hold this for 10 years, if I hold this for, in your case, six years, you know, I know that it's going to be enough appreciation that that I, I can then withdraw from. It actually makes it an investment for me. So absolutely love that. As we start to, to ball it up here, I know you're moving on to apartment complex. Now, after that apartment complex, where do you see yourself going within the real estate space? I know you're saying full-time investor, full-time agent, but where is that going to take you in the next 10 years, 20 years, so forth? Yeah. So I want to stay probably within apartment complexes. Originally, my intent was to go self-storage, but right now I'm you know, still active duty, full-time job there. I'm doing real estate sales. That's a full-time job there too. I don't have enough bandwidth to learn how to manage the manager of our self-storage. So I was like, I, I know what residential is like. So I'm just, let me just go with, you know, multifamily um, and probably just stick within that realm. And so just, just honestly grow. Like I don't want to purchase a, uh, I just want to keep growing um, both for like myself, as well as like with the partner that I'm going in on. Cause if this deal goes well, and we both told each other, like if this deal goes well, we're, we'll purchase more. Um, so that's, that's my goal. And then again, like on the side, continuing the real estate sales to fund, to fund the investment. And I would like to grow a team. That's, that's my ultimate goal is to have a, a team, not, not just necessarily here in, in Tucson, especially since CXP can be anywhere. Um, so definitely helping other other agents like military, whatever, get involved with real estate sales or investment. Excellent. Yeah, man, I, that's, that's a, I like the transition, right? So, I mean, you started with stocks. I, I could have swore when, when you mentioned TSP from the first or from the jump, I thought you were going to say, I took some of my money out of the TSP to then fund that first investment. But I like that you did what you like. I like that you did that. And I like that you explained that, um, Hey, I'm making 40% over here. Why? And that's, I think a lot of people would do that. Like, Hey, I got cash here, even though I'm making 40% real estate is where it's at. Like real estate, real estate, real estate, just, you know, that's, just, just how some people think so but you're looking at like hey where's the returns am i going to get 40 percent on real estate mm, probably not so yeah i love that and then we're talking going into single families and now we're transitioning to the apartment complex i got just one quick question before we start wrapping up what why apartment complexes why not stick with uh what, what you have uh, or what you what you're used to, right? Because I know a lot of people are, are kind of thinking of that. We're talking about transition to military. Well, what about transition between investing, right? So you, now you're switching strategies a little bit, going into something a little bit larger. Why? Yeah. Economies of scale. Really, that that's it. One roof with more units underneath that one roof. Um, less CapEx, less, less um, not necessarily less maintenance, but really just less CapEx. Um, so we can get more cash flow, and, and so, so also because of that, I'm going for cash flow, right? I'm, since I will be getting out of the military, I'm going to be losing that W2, that cush salary. So, and now I need to focus on cash, on cash flow. And usually with that is investment, uh, apartment buildings instead of ones and twosies, little houses here and there, 
Um, that might be more so for appreciation, which I've been doing. I love okay. that. Back Seven, to the strategy. Yeah, another question now. So previously you said that uh, your first property, um, you had just got it and you weren't focused on the cash flow because you didn't, or your dad said, hey, you're not relying on that money. But you just made a statement saying now that you're leaving the military, you're focusing on cash flow. So you may actually be relying on that money. How does your investment uh, strategy, basically how you run your numbers, how does that now affect how you run your numbers? Because you are going to rely on a portion of it. Are you putting more towards reserves? Are you allocating a larger expense? Are you actually allocating your salary from it? Like, what, what is your thought process behind that? I am always very conservative when I run my numbers to begin with. So I don't need to change anything there. I don't need to add more, you know, reserves or just, just add more of a buffer there. I already add enough of a buffer. I am very, I'm, I'm very risk averse um, to the point where my wife will, will see like what I'm writing up. And she's like, that's, you're not going to be paying that much every month. Like l- let's be a little bit more realistic, but I just want to make sure that I am okay, especially now that I'm leaving. Oh my gosh. Like I need to make sure that these numbers work. So as far as underwriting, I'm already conservative there. Um, and that, that's also why I'm going to be doing sales too. So I, I like it. It's easy. I know what I'm doing. And so that is going to be filling in the gap. So ideally my, my goal within the next year, by the time I leave the air force is going to be half of what I make now is from apartment buildings and the other half I'll make up with the sales. Excellent. Love it. Yeah. Excellent. And we're going to definitely have to bring you back on now like in a year, year and a half, and then we'll see where that, where, where it went to every single person we brought, brought back on. I, I say every single, I think we only brought like two or three people back on, like after a year, whatever exploded, exploded. Right. So, yes. I mean, we're about to talk to Bob, Bob Sleeves, even though we already know where he, where he's at. But uh, the same thing, man, like every single person just exploded. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you like absolutely explode in that space. We bring you back a year and a half. And you're like, hey, I'm working on my third deal. Now, this is yeah. not a thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I got I got eight apartment. Yeah. Complexes, you know? just <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, so if you um, speaking to our soldiers out there. If you had one piece of advice or maybe, you know, two pieces of advice or something to uh, help a soldier out, kind of do it to, to help them do what you're doing, or maybe they're transitioning or w- whatever it is, what would that one piece of advice be? Oh, man, one. Um, okay, I really have three. Give us, <laughs> one give us three. is invest in your TSP. Invest in your TSP and like do it now. And so if you're newer to the, to the service, you're probably in life cycle fund and you're probably automatically contributing, which is so great. But I would say change the life cycle fund to something a little bit more aggressive. You can get more, look at your returns, go on tsp.gov. And there's a literally a button in the middle of the page that says, view your last 12 months return. That's where I'm getting my 44% number from. And literally over the last 12 months, it's been 44%. Last year was like 39. Um, and just be mindful as far as how much you're putting in and put in as much as you can, knowing that that's money to not be touched until you're old as shit. <laughs> like as soon as you put money in, you should know like, Hey, I shouldn't have to reach back out to, to, to use that money. That's one. Two is use your VA loan. If you haven't already, oh my gosh, I would, I would suggest using a VA loan for a fourplex, get as many units as you can. I use mine both for single families and I regret it. I could have gotten more uh, cash flow with a fourplex. So that that's just one of my regrets. And a lot of people and a lot of locations, especially Tucson, fourplexes are not in ideal locations, but you just have to suffer sacrifice for one year, one year, move in, 
you know, just get a good, you know, ring camera security system and then move out. And you have four units that you got with 0% down payment, $3,000 closing costs. Cool. Like, and then if you want to do it again, do it again. And then you have, you know, after two years, you have eight units. That's a no brainer. Um, just lock your keys. <laughs> I mean, lock, lock your car, lock your house. And then number three would be continue to educate yourself. So listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this already, like that's, you're doing well, um, read books. But my biggest thing was don't let it stop there. Cause when I, when I really got, when I really found when it clicked, when financial independence and like the fire movement clicked for me, 2018, I wanted to consume everything. I wanted to listen to every single bigger pockets, every single podcast, read every single book. And at the end of it, like they all, they all say the same thing. Once you, once you really understand it, it's, it's just same message, different words, you know? So I really had analysis by paralysis. Um, so don't let that stop you get in touch with a real estate agent to get the ball moving. Um, the real estate agent can put you in touch with the, with a lender and, and just get that process going. You don't need a financial advisor. <laughs> you don't. And, but you do need a real estate agent to help you on, on your investment journey. Reach out to me. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm about to say. That's the plug right there. So right there, guys, those top three, if you are serving right now in the military, those top three will put you on a trajectory that even you can't fathom. I promise you the TSP is something that even I did it in the beginning, but I, I, I didn't understand it as well. Even if you invest in TSP and you have a different mindset than Ali and say, hey, I'm not holding this on 59, you can take a TSP loan. That's what I did. Now, mind you, I have some lessons learned from that, but nonetheless, at least you have a fund source now. All right. The VA loan, it's beautiful. I try to tell everybody, I just helped my little brother get his first quad flex. It's under contract, guys. The, he, he's doing this. He wanted to buy a single family. I said, hell no. Do what Ali says, right? Get the, get the multifamily. And then the education, that, that right there is so huge because I think so many people, um, all of us done it before, we absorb so much. And then like Ali said, it just becomes a broken record at a point you have to act. I love that. Those are some great points. So now, all right, Ali, if everybody's looking, they want to talk to you about TSPs. They want you to represent them on a VA loan because you're a realtor or they need help finding a realtor or they want to become a realtor and join a badass team that you're trying to build. How do they get in contact with you? Yeah, the easiest way, honestly, and the simplest way is Instagram, Allie the agent, and that's Allie spelled A-L-I, um, Allie the agent, and I can I can help you, you know, get you in touch with a uh, real estate agent in your area, even if you're not in Tucson. It's super, super, super simple. So, and I am starting to grow my team already, which I'm super excited about. Actually, my clients, my second clients um, said that I... Uh, influence them in such a good way that she wants the wife wants to become a real estate agent and join my team. And I was like, Oh my gosh, amazing. So I already have like two assistants there. Um, we'll figure out whether they want to go some more sales or actually like admin route, but uh, I'm super, I'm super excited about that. So, um, if you're, there are other options aside from the military is my, is that that's the message I want to leave you with. Don't feel stuck to the pension. You can make money elsewhere. Um, but yeah, if you need, if you have any questions about the TSP or, I mean, I can walk you through it. I can literally like do a screen share with you um, or real estate, Ali, the agent. It's all hey, on TikTok too. On TikTok, I got to increase my followers. I got what, 14 now? <laughs> She's killing it. She's killing it. 
Hey, make sure you reach out to Allie for sure, especially if you're interested in the TSP. I mean, she just said she's got she'd do a screen share with you. I mean, that's extremely valuable. And I, and I really uh, appreciate that uh, you offering that to our audience because, I mean, that takes time. You might want to do it early because she's about to explode, dude. Like she's about to blow and she's probably not going to have the time to do that. You know, um, I'll create a, much, a course. Yeah, much, much longer. <laughs> there so you go. Definitely, there you go. Um, that's definitely reach out. But hey, Ali, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, sharing the the awesome uh, knowledge that you did with with our uh, listeners. Really, really appreciate it. It's been a great time. I'm glad what you guys are doing with this podcast that helps out so many members. And that's that's not to be you know taken lightly. You guys are doing a good job. Thank you. Oh shucks. <laughs> Got me in my no. fields. Yeah. Are you blushing? Are you blushing? <laughs> yeah, it's just hot. It's just hot. No. <laughs> Hey, but um, uh, again, again, thanks so much for coming on. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you leave us a like button, hit that notification bell and subscribe. We really appreciate those. Leave a comment below. I'm sure Ali will be in the comment section. Um, if you um, have a, have a, if you are on Facebook, uh, make sure you join our group, join the military cash flow Facebook group. We got a bunch of service members on there helping each other build wealth and grow cash flow together. Um, other than that, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. Um, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby signing off. <laughs>